Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, good morning everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and of course you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to say a very good morning because it's the second Sunday in the month to Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm. Good morning, Graham. Good morning, Pam, and good morning um, all these lovely people on the panel here. Look at them smiling faces and <laughs> up with the sparrows and everybody out there in listening land. Stay in bed. No, <laughs> it's the listen. best time oh, of the you're day. Right, Pam. Watering time. <laughs> Absolutely watering time. Watering time. Yeah. <laughs> well, stay in bed or get out and do some watering. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, we also have to say a very good morning to Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. Hi, morning, Craig. Good morning, listeners. Hope everyone's coping with the summer. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coping's the right word. Well, we're gardeners, aren't we? We roll with the punches. I know, yeah. but we're certainly getting a punch at the moment. We are. Yep. But look, you have to view all these things as an opportunity. If hmm. something dies, then you have the pleasure of deciding what you're going to replace it with. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. I wouldn't be planting now. No, no, we wait a couple of months. Yes, that's yes. Right. Yeah. After some good heavy downpours. Well, that's right, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, mm. yes. The trouble is the ground's so dry it's going to turn to mud when we first get rain. Well, it aerates the soil. It's in fact really good for the soil to have a big dry patch. Yeah, Get some air into it. Gee, mm. you're a positive person well, what, this early in the morning. <laughs> You can't True. fight it. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I reckon you could be right. It's a pretty natural process, especially yeah. in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. And we also have to say a very good morning to Virginia Haywood. Hi, Virginia. Who is seriously depressed about the water situation. Yeah. Yes, I, well, you're out of water. My tanks are dry, yeah, mm. and my dams are really low. I mean, I've got water in my house tank, which is what I drink from and shower from, etc. But my main water, the garden tank, is completely dry. It's, I don't know, 40,000, 50,000 litres. Mm. It's not small. No. But it doesn't look like we're going to get any rain through March. It was the driest February mm. for 27 years. Yeah. So Virginia. what are you going to do? Are you cutting everything to the ground? Or? Well, I, I absolutely don't know. I'm not, because I figure if I take off the top layer, which is burnt and weary looking, yeah. then I'm just going to make the next layer it's down. It's going to be vulnerable. Burnt, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm actually quite confused about what to do ex- and except go out every day and pray for rain. And there have been so many clouds go over. <laughs> and they've got water in them. I can see it. I don't want water in the sky. <laughs> now, Virginia, you'd be like probably most gardeners. They're too busy to read the paper. But there was an article in the Australian day before yesterday about research, recent research on altering the DNA of plants to uh, reduce their water needs and their moisture needs. And they're making predictions of anything up to 50% with some of the latest research. But it's very weird, isn't it? Because if you look at the world, there's no less water in the world. No. Uh, so there's going to be a whole lot of plants that are going to be getting more water than they used to get. I mean, you know, what we're looking at is climate change. Well, look at it's up north. Yes, you know? that's right. Exactly. I mean, they've had a deluge of rain for yeah. ages. And they say that the Chinese have bought huge amounts of the 
um, top end because they see that as a place where there's going to be a lot of food growth in the future. Well, it will be, it will be yes. Being, being a government that plans long and like ours. Yes. The other thing about that is it's going to be very selective. So if somebody wants to spend money altering the DNA of a plant, it's only going to be done if there's some money to be made from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. So for those of us who like growing oddballs, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be... It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, it, it revolves around selection, and even in the rose world, there are definitely rose, some roses that do very well in the dry conditions than others. Yeah. And so it's it's part of that that uh, general makeup. Yes. Mm. Na- well, that's natural selection, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, and and you get the same sort of thing with sheep. Some are, are really good doers in the dry weather, and others aren't. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just natural selection. Yeah. Well, I must admit, I'm not a do. A, I don't do well in the dry weather. <laughs> but you never have. No. no. I mean, you've always said, you know, you, hate. you hated summer. Except it's sort of moved. I always, I've always gone around saying I hate February. If I'm living in Britain, I hate February. It's been too dark. It's been too cold. The bulbs are almost out to cheer us up. And here I hate February because it's too hot. Yep. 40 degrees, 40 degrees, can't bear it. Garden's dying, can't bear the heat. Yep. But it seems to me that March is becoming February, you know, Although the days are getting shorter, which must be helping the plants, that there's just less fierce sun on them. Well, the days are certainly shorter. I mean, it's dark now when I get up on a Sunday. It's well, pitch yeah, black. Right. Well, it was still dark when I got to the door here at 7 yes, o'clock. Yes. I mean, we'll notice daylight saving. Us, us people get up early. It drives me berserk. <laughs> I'm sitting inside twiddling my thumbs I'm waiting waking. for daylight. Yes. <laughs> so I can get out and do something. I know. Yeah. Can, I that, can I ask that silly question on the garden program? When does the changeover day happen? for? First of April, oh, Graham. It's late, it seems later this year because it used to always change over when the... It the Grand Prix was on, yeah. and and when you know we had yeah. Mumba, we haven't we had this Labor Day long weekend. That's oh. when it used to change over. But um, I thought it was it's happening a month later. Yes, yes. So first of April. So why is it happening later? Do we know? No, we don't. Who have. knows? Yeah. <laughs> why do we have daylight saving? I think daylight saving is fantastic. You know why I reckon we have daylight saving? Why? It's the worship of the barbecue and booze. <laughs> and people like to have those long hours after they've finished work and they wind down. But when, you, when you're working, it's fantastic. To at have the end of the day, I'm too tired to make use of the time, yes. the extra day. I mean, I just I want agree. to come inside and put my feet up. I mm. agree. I think that if you manage your time, why do you need it for? Yep. Yeah. All the farming world hate it. Yeah. Hate it with a vengeance. Mm. Well, it throws the dairy cows right out of whack. Yeah. 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 Well, I tell you what, if you've got young babies in the house, it throws them out of whack too. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to adjust them to a yeah. time mm. when there's light pouring in the window or not pouring in the window. Mm. Yeah. It used to be a curse when I was, you know, living in Tasmania. It, it seemed to be a lot worse in Tasmania than even over here on the mainland. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's because... It was really pronounced. Well, the day's longer there. Yes, mm. that's right. But... It's one of the best things. Again, when I lived in London, it was one of the best things when, when daylight saving came in. But Brit- British summertime, as it's called over there, because mm. suddenly you had these... I mean, it was still light at 10 o'clock, and it's such a soft light. Oh, I couldn't oh. cope. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes, I am. You don't have to have blackout curtains. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're the first Aussie I've ever, ever heard say that they love that about London. And people say, oh, the winter time, it's terrible. Yeah, the winter is, but then the summer's equally good. It's like the girl mm. with the curl, you know. 
Mm. When it's good, it's very, very good, and when it's bad, it's awful. Mm. <laughs> and, it, and the light is so soft. Mm-hmm. That's why the gardens are so beautiful in Britain, yeah. because the light is so soft. I mean, yeah. although the, the other side of it is, one of the things I had to do when I came back was learn how to deal with the harder light, which meant that having these soft white gardens with a little bit of mauve in it just didn't work, because white gardens, up. they just disappeared. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas having, you know, my garden now, there's, you know, the orange and purple bed and the red and orange bed and mm. all these, like, really vibrant colours, because mm. you need that to stand up to the sun. Mm. Mm. So it, I had to rethink, and it was quite interesting because, you know, I grew up with my mum gardening furiously, but I think I really learnt to garden when I was in England because I was mm. there nearly 20 years. Right. And so I developed that, that different palette. And the other thing about the English garden, which is just wonderful, is you put it to bed in winter. Mm. You don't have Yeah, you get a break. You don't oh. have to work every day of the year, which you do here. I mean, you know... Come late November, you sort of tidy everything up and cut back what can be cut back, what doesn't mind the frost, and protect the ones that you have to protect, and then get mail That's order, it. get mail order thing, <laughs> catalogues, and read. Mm. <laughs> oh well. And you just have to remember to put food out for the for the um, birds. So and water at the moment. Yes. I've oh, noticed yes. birds coming in that I've never seen come to my watering stations before. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, we'll live with it. We'll survive it as per every year. Yep. Okay, uh, I actually have a lot of community announcements. I'm going to get straight into those because there's a lot happening. Uh, Now, first up today, if you don't have any plans, um, the Reedsdale Bush Market is on. Have you ever been to that, Craig? No. No, Stephen hasn't either, but um, it seems from the sound of it to be getting bigger every year. Now, this is taking place at Agnes Mudford Reserve, um, which is on the Kyneton Reedsdale Road in Reedsdale. And uh, the market begins at 9 o'clock this morning. It will finish at 2 o'clock this afternoon. That's sensible if it's going to be a hot day. Um, and they have such a huge range of local produce and all sorts of other goodies on offer. So uh, if you haven't, uh, haven't been out that way and uh, you want to have a nice little trip this morning, Reedsdale uh, Bush Market is on today. For, for, for a revolution in different tastes, mm. um, these bush markets are fantastic. And there's a lot of people out there doing their pickles and their plum oh, yes. jams Loads and, of preserves and relishes and fantastic yes. um, even rhubarb fruit cakes right. and things like that you know really you just don't get them in the supermarket oh really. you certainly don't and Re- Reedsdale is a really interesting place it's a great place to go for a drive for people there you go hmm. okay now uh, also uh, today is the second day of the Heronswood Harvest Festival now, there's a lot happening uh, down at Heronswood. Uh, there's garden tours, 11.30 and 3. There's some free mini workshops. Mm-hmm. These will be uh, talking about green manures, berries for the home gardener, citrus, bananas and avocados, uh, growing summer vegetables. There'll be a summer taste test between 11 and 2. And you can enjoy lunch on their pool lawn. Uh, and, of course, the menu is made from Heronswood-grown Produce. Uh, now, um, entry uh, for Diggers Club members and children under 16 is free. For visitors, it is $10. And uh, also coming up next weekend, uh, combined with that, um, you have the, uh, 
the Cloud Hill uh, Festival of Flowers. This is happening next weekend on the 17th and 18th of March. And again, um, garden tours, uh, lots of free mini workshops. Um, there'll be children's garden activities at that one and face painting. Uh, Ronnie the Peony Grower will be there. So again, lots happening. So the address for the two of them, uh, Heronswood, of course, is 106 Latrobe Parade in Dramana. Cloud Hill Gardener Nursery is at 89 Alinda Monbolk Road in Alinda. So uh, that's uh, today or next weekend, uh, depending on whether you're aiming to get to Heronswood or to Cloud Hill. Now, coming up um, next Tuesday, the 13th of March, uh, Friends of Burnley Gardens have got their next talk coming up. This is uh, entitled Maintain Your Garden Through the Seasons. This is with Andrew Smith, who's curator of the Burnley Gardens. And uh, Andrew will take everyone to typical areas of the garden to explain how the annual maintenance regime is established. Uh, this will be followed by a classroom tutorial where you can prepare your very own seasonal maintenance schedule under guidance. Now, bookings are essential. You can phone the Friends office on 9035 6815 and leave a message or you can email friends.burnley at gmail.com Now it takes place at Burnley Campus which is 500 Yarra Boulevard in Richmond uh, 6 o'clock for reception then 7 o'clock the tutorial in Main Building 11 as I mentioned uh, cost for members uh, uh, no are we right? Yes. Cost for members is $10, $20 for non-members, and parking is uh, in the boulevard. Now, uh, also uh, coming up, um, we have um, a very big uh, meeting being uh, held by the Friends of the Melton Botanic Gardens, and this is to mark their 15th anniversary of the Friends Group and the 10th year of planting at the Melton Botanic Gardens. And uh, their meeting is coming up next Wednesday, the 14th of March. And guest speaker is going to be Jane Edmondson talking about the joy of gardening. Now, uh, Jane is patron of the Friends Group. Everyone is welcome. It'll be free admission and supper will be provided. Uh, now, it starts at 7.30. It'll take place at Botanica Springs Community Centre. This is at 2.49 Clarks Road in Brookfield. Um, you need to RSVP to John Bentley. His number is 97433819. That's 97433819. Um, leave a message if that phone is unattended or you can email friends at fmbg.org.au. Now, um, the other thing that I've been reminded about uh, by the Friends Group at Melton is that uh, they have a program uh, for Centrelink volunteers. Now, um, this uh, takes place Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays from 8.30 to 1.30 and uh, the... Uh, uh, Centrelink uh, volunteers are required to put in um, so many um, hours of work each week uh, and so um, this is a great way to learn um, a bit about gardening and garden maintenance. So you meet at the depot, 21 Williams Street in Melton. 
Your contact again is John Bentley. And again, that phone number, if you'd like to leave a message and say you'd love to come along and uh, do some work there uh, with a whole wonderful team of enthusiastic people, you can phone John on 97433819 and again leave a message if it's unattended. Now, uh, coming up next Saturday, the Sunshine Golden Age Garden Club have got their 97th annual show. Um, wow. This is, yes, they're doing well, aren't they? That's amazing. That's fabulous. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're all golden aged. <laughs> They've been here a long time. Um, but this is coming up, as I said, next Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's at the Glengala Community Hall. It's on the corner of Simi Street and Glengala Road in Sunshine. Melway's map reference there is 40E2. There'll be lots of feature displays of uh, various plants and flowers, um, including uh, vegetables, cookery, arts and crafts, a children's section, photography, um, lots and lots of things, garden items of interest and a plant stall. Uh, So, uh, as I say, admission is free, afternoon tea is available. So that's next Saturday, 11 till 4, at the Glengala Community Hall. Also, uh, gosh, next weekend is very busy. Also next weekend, uh, the Friends of Cranbourne Group uh, have uh, got their autumn plant sale on both days, 17th and 18th. And uh, the times are 10 through till 4 on both days. The location, of course, is the Royal Botanic Gardens uh, Cranbourne, which is on the corner of Bellato Road and Botanic Drive in Cranbourne there. There'll be a wide range of Australian plants in tubes and larger pots for sale, priced from $3. So it's a great opportunity to purchase some plants and have a look around the Australian garden. Now, something that I think you know about, Virginia, uh, the Herb and Chili Festival is also next weekend. Yes, that's just down the road from me. Mm-hmm. It's at Wandon, uh, as I mentioned, 17th and 18th of March next weekend, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. The address is 125 Quail Road in Wandon, and Quail is as in Quail a Bird, Q-U-A-Y-L-E, and uh, it's just off the Warburton Highway. Uh, You can purchase tickets online or at the gate on the day. Parking is free and on site. And uh, if you'd like more information, you can phone 97352962. Have you ever been to it, Virginia? Yes, it's it's very popular. It seems to um, cover the age groups very well. You know, there's lots of things for kids, which makes it more enjoyable for older people to go because they can, you know, divest of them into bouncy castles and things. Right. And it does seem... And the local garage was telling me that they've had so many of the leaflets picked up this year. Really? So that's quite good, yeah. Okay. I, I haven't seen anyone from there. Okay. But, um, yes. So they've got uh, food from 15 nationalities. They've got a hot hot sauce alley. You'd expect that. There's a hellfire challenge, which um, only silly people would do. Uh, (laughs) There's 30 varieties of chilli plants. Um, There'll be special guest festival chef. There'll be a cooking stage, a music stage, and a speaker's marquee. So, and it is a really nice big open space, Mm. you know, so they can expand into it really well. They've got two sites, and it's their second site. And it's just off the Warburton Highway. It's very easy to find. You just go to Lilydale okay. and take the Warburton Highway. Okay, excellent. 
Uh, just two more announcements uh, before we can get on with the rest of the show. But uh, coming up, uh, Ringwood Community Garden have got their open day coming up. Now, again, it's next weekend. It's on March the 18th from 10 till 4. Entry is a gold coin uh, donation. Uh, there'll be produce, chutneys and jams. The address is Selkirk Avenue in Wanturna there. Uh, so, uh, and finally, um, Open Gardens Victoria. They've been in a little bit of um, an abeyance because, um, well, it's been hot weather and they've had uh, a special bus trip uh, over the last month. Uh, but they're, they're back with um, an Open Garden next weekend. Now, this is a very exciting Open Garden. I've, I've been to this garden personally myself and it is just a wonderful garden. It's right on the Yarra River. Now, um, this is Kate Hurd's garden, and for listeners to this uh, program, I'm sure you will have heard uh, Kate interviewed on our program. She's uh, uh, written two books now. Her second one she has uh, co-authored. This is her most recent one, uh, which is um, entitled, where do I have native... Art and Design with Australian Plants. Now, this was co-authored with Jella Ivankovic Waters and uh, the book will be available uh, during the open days. So it's next weekend on both days. Uh, the address is 1 View Street in Alfington. The garden will be open 10 through till 4.30. Entry is $8, children under 18 free, students $5. As I mentioned, there will be book sales and uh, it will give you an insight into Kate's very special creative garden spaces. Um, she likes to experiment blending native with exotic, um, finding new planting contra- uh, combinations that contrasting colour, foliage and shape. Um, now it is a sloping garden but she's terraced it at the top before going down to the uh, bottom to give way to an amphitheatre space. There's a billabong Areas of bushland regeneration. Um, there's also a wonderful vegetable garden down there at the bottom. So a great garden to go and have a visit. I think it's an absolutely beautiful garden. It is a lovely garden. There's the sculpture in the garden. It's it's just a sheer delight. It's a. I mean the location is. The same. location is. Absolutely, I remember <laughs> the first time I went there. That place was mm. derelict. Mm. And because uh, one of my friends lives in View Street. Okay. My oldest friend, in fact. Okay. And. Um, I thought, oh, my God, what a place. This is when I just first came back. And then the next time I went, Kate had it and had turned it into a garden, and I couldn't believe what she'd done. Oh, yes, she's absolutely amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, as I say, this is open next weekend, uh, both days, uh, 10 till 4.30, and Open Gardens Victoria are again uh, giving us one free double pass. Uh, now, this will go to the first person who rings in, on nine four one nine zero one double five. If you'd like that free double pass, nine four one nine zero one double five, and uh, leave your details uh, with Carol, and that d- free double pass will be uh, posted out to you. There's one other thing that Craig and I were talking about in the tea room before we came in. Yes. Which is Fernie Creek. Fernie Creek oh, of course. has yes. got their sale this their weekend. Plant sale this weekend, yeah. Yes, okay. Which is always it's a really nice sale to go to. Mm. It's small and friendly and a great body of knowledge. Mm. And always there's unusual plants there. Yeah. It's always, you know, a place where you might pick up something that 
well, you might go to Craig's Nursery or you might go to Stephen's Nursery, yeah, but it has the sort of stuff that <laughs> you yes. can't find everywhere. Yes, and of course their garden is just absolutely beautiful. Well, perfect to wander. Probably around. not the best. Probably not to see at the it. moment. <laughs> oh, except there's so much South African yeah, stuff. And lovely big trees. Yes. Oh, and, gorgeous yeah. trees. Yeah. Can I just say something, Pam? Yeah, sure. There's an exhibition of bonsai on at the Ga- uh, Ballarat Art Gallery this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, which, from my point of view, is fantastic because we don't really get much recognition from the arts community. No. I think it's probably the first time we've exhibited in an art gallery. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Have so you got stuff up there? Yeah, yeah, half oh. a dozen trees. Oh, yeah. good on you. Yeah. Fantastic. So... And that's free. That's from, I think, 10 to 5 okay. today and tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. some of Craig's bonsai is just breathtaking, I think. But it's about time bonsai was recognised more within well, the art community. We have this issue of large hardware chains selling rubbish. And, yes. You know, that creates a perception in the community if that's the only exposure they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, instead of realising that it takes years and years and skill and skill. Yeah, a great deal of skill. Mm. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fantastic. I hope yeah. this is the start. I hope other galleries are going to pick up on this idea. It would so be wonderful. We're really excited about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine combining it with, for instance, um, uh, a, a botanic some, art exhibition. Yes. Or I'm even thinking, because um, when I was in Japan, I saw the most amazing exhibition of um, of silk kimonos. I mean, it, it, it combines so well. Yeah, that's right. You know, or with I- some I- of your other arts. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, floral arrangements. Uh, yes, uh, it'd be fantastic. Okay. Can I just mention the Fernie Creek address for people who don't know Please how to do. get there? It's 100 Hilton Road, Fernie Creek, and it's 66E12. So okay. if you want to look in your Melways, 66E12. It is, I think it is definitely one that's worth going to. And there's, there's free parking on site. And I always have a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're with, a very fan with onion. of sausage sizzles. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason for going to Bunnings. <laughs> okay, well, it's high time we opened up our calls to uh, listeners. If you'd like to uh, join the team this morning, we have uh, Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm in Clonbernane. We have uh, Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. And we have Virginia Haywood, who's um, a guide at the Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. We'd love to hear from you. That number, 94190155. Or if you'd like to have a chat this morning on the outside line, we have Louise on the outside line, who's also a guide out at uh, Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. You can give Louise a call on 94198377. I've just, I've just had a text telling oh, me yes. off for being so negative. Mm. About what? About the weather. I'm oh. saying, let Craig talk more. <laughs> Be quiet. It's from Helen Page. <laughs> All right. She is doing amazing things at the Kew um, Cemetery. And I went there. after The last time I was on, she rang me afterwards and said, come and have a look at the cemetery. And I used to walk my dog there years ago. And they have, there's she and a bunch of volunteers, they've just transformed it. I've it? been having a look at that on Facebook. They it's have a fabulous. Facebook group, yeah. It yeah. is really fantastic. So it's a huge cemetery. It is a big cemetery. Apparently, it was where people went at the turn of the century because it was such a beautiful garden. It's where they'd go for a walk on Sundays. Okay. Whether they had a dead body or not. And so there'd be a lot of remnant plantings there. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of native grasses in there. Yeah. And it's, and it's just fantastic. So people should go, and anybody who's looking for a bit of volunteering, you know, a bit bored and want to do some volunteering, they're very keen for people to come and help them. 
Fantastic. And um, it's a really lovely place to go and visit. So people, go and visit Kew Cemetery if you live in that patch of town. Mm, great. Mm. Okay. Graham, uh, <laughs> you brought in two roses in absolute full bloom. Aren't they beautiful? Perfect yes. condition. Yeah, they're, they're stunning. Yeah. So let's have a chat about them. Uh, the first one I've got here, Pam, is, is um, a rose called Shirley's Rose. And it was bred by Bruce Brundrett, and people would, would re- remember Br- Brundrett's famous rose nursery yes. out at Narry Warren, yes. And Bruce Brundrett, um, uh, he sold the nursery, and he's no longer a nurseryman, but now he's a rose breeder. Okay. And he bred this rose, um, and he's named it Shirley's Rose after his wife, and it got a silver medal in the rose trials in Adelaide about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And the rose, is, of course, has got a really good fragrance, and I'd describe it as a soft pink. Would you describe that as a soft pink it's on the panel? It's got a touch of salmon in it, hasn't it? A touch of salmon, yes. yes. Um, a good, healthy rose. We've been growing it in the nursery now for about um, three or four years. It's always done very well. If you want to try a rose out, stick it in a pot, because I reckon you torture them in a pot. But it, they'll come under some stress in the pot and they'll... they'll um, flower well. Flower well, yeah. They're sort of forced into that. It's got a f- fragrance, and Shirley's rose... Um, also has some money donated to Cabrini Foundation, which which is the pancreatic um, uh, foundation for ca- for cancer. So that's the uh, Shirley's Road bred by Bruce Brundred, and we've got some other roses of his too, that same breeder. And there's some beauties coming up in in like this year. There's one called My Yellow, and there's no other rose like it I know of in the rose world. Okay. In terms of colour, or yeah, it's a, it's a yellow. Um, fused with orange and it's got a very um, uh, full flower uh, reminiscent of perhaps David Austin roses. Okay. It's really very good and got a perfume as well. And if it's been bred here one assumes it, lo- it can mm. take the heat pretty well. Yes and he's got a couple of climbers that are coming up. That oh lovely. I love too. climbing roses. Yeah fantastic. Very soft um, um, darkish pink with a, with a perfume and another one which is very similar to the Tracy Wickham rose, which is a yellow with with a with a red edge. Very good, very good okay. rose. Excellent. So that's um, Bruce Brundrett's um, Shirley's rose. Recommend it. Okay. Before you go to the next one, we might go to our first caller, and we have our very good friend Sue online. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, everybody. Virginia, you're tempting me now. What I'm going to do this afternoon with. Um, um, Fernie Creek. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Are you so. going? No, I don't think I'm going to be able to. Oh, what a bugger. I know. I really they have great like sausage to. sizzles. That's the first thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we've actually got our sale on um, next weekend and the, and the weekend after. So the 17th of and the 24th of March. That's at Bushland Flora. Um, we're a wholesale nursery in Mount Evelyn for any new listeners. And we're on 110 Clegg Road in Mount Evelyn. Right. So what time, Sue? Um, From, I say from 8 until 4, but I get there at 8 and there's already about 10 trolleys missing. (laughs) 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 First in. um, Yeah, people get better excited the first day. And Sue, you're very close to the Chili Festival, so people who are going up to the Chili Festival can go by you. Yeah, I didn't realise that. So that's actually really good if it falls on that weekend. Um, the other thing I was going to say too, even though it's not our company, Karanga have actually got their, I, I missed the first bit, I don't know Pam if you mentioned Karanga have no, actually got their 
um, big sale on this weekend as oh, well. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's this weekend. It is on Sue. the flyer. I, I saw. Yes, it's this weekend, including Monday. And yeah, it's because they a... actually have some really good bargains. Mm. Um, it's worthwhile going to okay. have a look at that for people. And so really, if anybody goes there for afternoon tea, they do this beautiful. Um, I think it's Davidson Plum and Almond Tart. Oh, yum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And while I'm on the phone, I need to ask Craig, I've, I've been using my, trying to use my landscape gardening skills out, trying to revamp the back of my garden. Yeah. And it's ended up, it's behind a cubby house in a very thin uh, garden bed's probably only about a foot wide. And I have ranuncular... Um, you know, like the yellow and the white ones that come up through winter in there. But it's just dry as, at the moment, I'm just forking it. Dry and and sunny or dry and shady? It's both. Right. It gets afternoon sun. Um, It's probably mainly shady. I had not even the violets are surviving there at the moment. But it is Um, the moment, Sue. I mean, it is a particularly dry spot I mean, there. Even my hellebores are dead. Yeah, mm. cyclamen hydrofolium would probably do it. Would it? Yeah, they're okay. indestructible. Yeah. And, and does that have foliage all year? Or? No, no, you have a, um, a dormancy over the summer, but it's not for long. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, summer dormancy is just what you need in those spots That's because right. things yeah. aren't dying. Because I was sort of thinking epimedium, but I've tried it before and it was even really dry for well, them up there. Well, the won't grow, epimediums won't mm. grow, I would have thought. Yeah, okay. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. But if, yeah. you, if, you, if you plant epimediums, pick the tough European ones rather than the, the oriental ones that are a bit more thirsty. So from from Leighton or um, Neosulfurum. Okay. Yeah. They're the yellow, They're bigger, the yellow bigger ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But Sue, the other thing there, what about some Veltimia? Because that's dormant over the summer too. So it and it's just coming up now. You know what? That would be. Uh, do you know what? I've just planted into the garden the Veltimias that you grew from seed last year. Right. Well, I've they would do well them. there. Well, they ten do, of them. They do very well up there. Yeah, actually, I could move those. I've got some more in a pot that you could have. The other thing oh. that uh, is really tough is geranium macrorhizum. I think I might. Is that with the little white flower? Yeah, or, or soft pink, one or the other. Um, quite very nice flat, brownish coloured foliage. Yeah. I've got one of those I got from you that I've got up because I did another woodland garden underneath the oak tree. It is really tough, isn't it? Yeah, that's it? right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And, of course, your plectranthus. I mean, they'll die, but they do come back. Yeah, I've got the velvet undercover there. The problem with a lot of... I'm, I'm trying to think what I'd put there. Because it gets the shady, too, a lot of them go really leggy in that in that spot. That's just pruning them back. Mm. Prune them back when... Not now, but, you know, when, when they're looking healthy. Yeah. Because I it's, think they can get a bit leg, leggy if you don't give knock them back. Late spring, you'd do that, wouldn't yeah. you? Well, yeah. I think you can do it as long as they're not struggling. I, I, I just cut mine back when I remember. Mm. But you wouldn't, I mean, they're making flower buds now, so... Yes, but they'll keep on keeping on. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I that, that um, I have to say, the Zuluensis, I mean, you can hack into... If it was big enough, I'd put that up there, but it's not big enough because that flowers on and off 
uh, all year. That is my favourite plectranthus, awesome, the Zuluensis, yes. Yeah. yeah, well, I rehedged that along where I'd grown it here, and that's just coming into bud again. But I get that um, flowering on and off all year. That's one of the... If you can get the right spot for that plant, which I have, it's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, mine's yeah. in mine's in a bit too much sun, so it's looking terrible at the moment. Mm. It'll bounce back. It will. I just, you know, I haven't got enough shade. I yeah. need more shade. I, and I'm being on top of the ridge means even when I'm shady, I've got those winds coming through. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sue, I've I've planted those grevilleas I got from you. Oh yes, how yeah. are they going? In in with with the casuarinas. Yeah. And I'm starting a campaign on windbreaks around our area because everybody plants windbreaks around areas and they're not windbreaks, they're wind tunnels. Yes. Yeah. And oh. everything comes up underneath the damn thing. You know what I had? I had I made a fatal well, I didn't make a fatal mistake. I decided to rip out these privets but I didn't cut them all down and I put in a smoke bush and I created a wind tunnel and when we had that um 80, actually it was more than 80 kilometres, 100 kilometre winds. Mm. It, uh, it took out a two metre lasiandra in full flower just straight through mm. and because the ground's like concrete, snapped the whole thing off at the base. So I have this lovely garden with the feature missing. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back though. Mm. Oh no, this won't. Oh dear. There's nothing. There is nothing there. Goodness. Well, we, we've had people around us that have built houses and when I used to work with the Shire and the house would be completed after about 12 months and I'd say to them, I'd go in to, to, to maybe do a check or look at their septic tank and I'd say, what are you selling for? They said, we're sick of the wind, sick oh, of the wind. And yes. um, we get people now who start their block, they, build, they plant their trees first before they build a house. Now, yep. that's, that's up that's there for, for thinking and down there for dancing. But that's really a great idea, and they can get things moving. Yep. And as a mate of mine says, if you want the bloody things to grow, put the water onto them, even if it's for the first two years. Right. And, oh, we'll talk about water. water. I was very happy when I got my water bill the other day because I was quite concerned about it. I'd say I put 20 hours on in the last week into my garden. Mm-hmm. All my uh, water table is completely gone, and because I've got all the big trees across the back, it's uh, been disastrous. But I've got these great um, chairs off the hard rubbish that have got, like, slats in them, and you can sit the garden hose in there. And mm. I had it on a timer the other day for um, 15 minutes, one in the back, one in the front while I was cooking dinner, run back out and... Yep. It's actually a good way to get it watered. And you're getting plenty of exercise, mate. You are. <laughs> I, can't, I hurt my back if I actually stand there yes. with the hose. Yeah. I don't know if other people have got issues with lower back, yeah. but it is the worst thing to do because you're like slouched backwards with the hose yes. and you go to walk and you end up with sciatica. Mm. Mm. Well, I'd better stop talking. <laughs> I'm not very good at not talking. <laughs> okay, so okay. Good to hear from you. You too. On, you Bye. Too. Right, moving on, we have uh, Michael out in Forest Hill. Good morning, Michael. Oh, yes, good day. Look, uh, just a simple question. Oh, well, maybe it's not simple. Um, I'm just after, um, uh, are there any, any roses that are in the blue, the, the flowers in, in the blue spectrum? Well, Graham bred one um, yeah. called uh, Grey's Blue. Grey's Blue, yeah. Grey's Blue, yeah, right? I'm very vain, aren't I? I named it after myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. Um, that that Grey's Blue is is a miniature patio, but it'll get about knee high. Yes. Right. Yeah. But if yep. you want another, you want another really good blue that'll yep. get up about a meter high. Right. I'd suggest you go for Neptune. 
Neptune, right. Bring no. it, Rose. Right, right, yeah. And most right. of the blues have a fantastic perfume. Oh, oh, that's good news. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. like Blue Moon. Right. I don't Blue like Moon. it as a rose particularly, but mm. it's a fabulous perfume. Yeah. But Rhapsody in Blue is one of my favourite ones. Rhapsody, uh, Rhapsody in Blue, is it? Yeah, yeah. I really but like if, that. If you want a, if you want a, a flower that'll hold on well, um, right. Neptune, Neptune's got a really tight bud with about sixty petals. Right. Oh, wow. And, and so yeah. it, it'll also be a rose that you can bring inside and it'll hold up in the vase for ah. about you know ten days. Right, okay, all right. I've, 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 I've got those noted down, sort of thing. I'll, yeah, um, I'm, you know, I, I, I might come out and see you, sort of thing. I, you okay. Know, yeah, yeah. And of uh, course, of course, we need to um, qualify when we say blue rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of them I, are really blue. Well, that's, well yeah. they're all really purple. We're, we're <laughs> working on. No. We're working sure. on, on an absolute cobalt blue. Yeah, all oh, right, okay, yep. Yeah, Someone will make a fortune when that comes out. Tell me that yeah. if I sold, we sold it in China, we'd sell them in the billions. Yeah, yes. yeah for you sure. You know, there's 24 okay. cities in China that have got the roses at their emblem. Ah, That's right. how much they love really? roses. Yeah, 24 cities in China. Good. Right, yep. okay. Yeah. All, right. all right, look, look, look uh, thank you for that. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll chase that up sort of thing, you know. I'll, okay. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah, yeah, Good thank, you, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, bye. Graham, back to your other rose. Well, we've gone from 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 um, a really tight hybrid to the rose that we've got in here is a, an old rose, which is Duchess de Brabant, and the name sounds exotic. And it was bred in 1857. Okay. So it's a little bit older than me. So it, <laughs> does that classify it as a as a true heritage rose? Yes, and <coughs> it's an old fashioned. Yep. And it also has a very sweet tea um, fragrance, and Will flower for nine to ten months, Gosh. and it'll form up into a really delightful shrub. And the shrub will go right down to the ground. And um, when when you've got a shrub like that in a rose, it you, you've you've virtually got a ground cover in a bush. Mm. And so what about pruning when they have that structure? Um, well, you, you you're best with most old fashions to take off about a third. Okay. Don't really whop into them. Yeah. But. As as it rose as the rose gets old, when it's, when it's about three years old in the garden, from there on, always remember to take out one or two strands of old wood. Yep. Because the roses flower best on the new on wood. New wood. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you and go back right back to the stem on a couple yes, of older branches. Go right back to the where it's been grafted on. Mm. Yeah. And um, this this rose has has a um, a tea fragrance. It was actually on the ABC Garden Show. Oh, dare I mention the opposition? You can mention them. <laughs> We're um, all good friends. It was on the ABC Garden Show about a week ago. Okay. And uh, it, it really is one of those that's considered to be a, a great rose. And uh, Peter Beals, who, who was an expert in England on old-fashioned roses, talks about the old-fashioned roses, and he makes the big statement. He said a lot of the modern roses won't be around in 20 years' time. He said mm. they've, got, they've got to really survive. And now we're talking about water, mm. and water's a big factor. And, of course, we've got the challenges with, with fungus, and um, Duchess de Brabant's very resistant to fungus. In fact, this plant that I've got in the, in the um, studio <coughs> with it at the moment, if you look at the actual graft on the plant, you'll see where it's built up its resistance to um, a black spot and, and mildew, and you'll see that resistance on the on the bark of the of the plant as it's um, uh, been grafted on, onto the butt. Okay. And you'll see that in, in in the actual plant, and it's it's grafted onto what we call Dr. Huey, 
and Dr. Huey will send its roots down in the ground anything up to, to uh, four, four or five metres in open soil. So, Graham, do you have problems, if you're getting foliage right down to the ground, mm-hmm. are you having problems with splashback from the soil, Well, from it, watering? It, it, some roses, that does happen, but in this particular take, case with Duchess de Brabant, if you look at the plants, and there's some in the um, uh, rose garden at Werribee, you'll see that they've, they've withstood that pressure. Yeah. There okay. are just some roses who, who especially the old ones, who, who've got through that, that challenge of fungus, which is naturally in the air anyway. Mm. I always say in the nursery, they send it all down from Queensland, all the fungus, <laughs> on the air. <laughs> so okay. that's Duchess de Brabant. Yes, right. Okay. Excellent. All right. Um, just a reminder, you are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. Um, we do have uh, Virginia Haywood, Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery and Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm in uh, the studio this morning. If you'd like to uh, ring in and ask a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. That number is 94190155 or to speak to Louise on the outside line, 94198377. And just a reminder also, we do still have available one free double pass uh, to visit Kate Hurd's uh, View Street Garden, opening next weekend for Open Gardens Victoria. It's a wonderful garden to go and visit. I do recommend it. Uh, the address is 1 View Street in Alphington. Open 10 to 4.30 on both days next weekend. Um, and there will be book sales of Kate's latest book there as well. So uh, if you'd like to get that free double pass, uh, the number again is 94190155. Craig, let's have a chat about what you brought in. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the garden very closely I find this dry weather to be an interesting process Okay To see how things go Yes Yeah, and what holds up and what doesn't What doesn't, okay Yeah, and look, I, I get to see quite a lot of gardens in the course of my work And the best ones of the gardeners are ruthless and so that's my policy. And anything that's looking like this pathetic specimen <laughs> is out onto the burn pile. Yes, yeah, it is. And I'm going to put in something tougher. What yep. is it? It looks it's terrible. It's deciduous azalea. All right. And, and at the all end right. of the day, it's two, two weeks of pleasure in the year anyway. I've yeah. just pulled all my azaleas out. Yeah. I've had them there since before. They were there when I moved in. Yeah. And, when I, and I look at all the red spider mite and I think, why on earth? Am I growing this? Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. So they've all gone. Yeah. And yeah. I, of course, I can't put anything else in because it's too dry, so I yeah. have a gap. But you can spend a lot of time right. thinking about I it. I can do thinking. And, <laughs> and in all honesty, 25 years ago, azaleas were all the big thing, weren't mm. they? You'd get them everywhere in the supermarkets. They were all around the place. But I mean, they're and shallow the, rooted, and yeah. they really don't do well in hot weather. They don't cope. No, they don't cope with the hot weather. But in the hills, once they're established, they're almost indestructible. Yeah, well, mm. I would have thought yeah. up your way. Yeah. If anyone's going to be successful, yeah. you would be. I mean, the issue that I have with azaleas now is that everyone stopped um, propagating the Kurumi azaleas, the Japanese mm. varieties, mm. and we're getting all these things with great big flowers on them. Mm. And Fluffy. the Kurum, Kurumi azaleas are tougher? They're tougher. Are they? Yeah, okay. I think so. And yeah. they're nicer, aren't they? They're, yeah. Oh, they're more some amazing yeah. colours, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a bed of azaleas in the botanic gardens, which they just removed, and they were big and old. I remember them. They were in dikas, yeah. Yes, and they've all gone. Mm. There's a challenge out there for plant breeders. 
get in and, and breed really, really tough azaleas. It has to be mm-hmm. resistant to red spider mite mm-hmm. because you can mm-hmm. only treat red spider mite with really serious chemicals, and mm-hmm. that's just not not a goer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the, they're the chemicals that are bad for bees, you know. Yeah. You, so you've got a real problem. I just don't worry about it. I mean, I don't, as you probably, the people who know me would know, I don't really do pests and diseases. So if the azaleas get red spider mite, well, then come spring, they come good again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I find that they're so bad that I've just... So ugly. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's out damn but, the, but there's still a challenge for plant breeders in there. You oh, know, absolutely. I was talking to my little grandson yesterday, and we were putting some plants in, into his, his, his father's garden. And then he asked me about roses, and I said, hey, mate, there's a man took up a challenge with ground cover roses in Germany, and you know what, mate, he sold 90 million of them through mm. Anthony Tesla. Mm. Mm. And, and he said, oh, oh, could you make some money on that poppy? Well, you think about it. He, <laughs> he sold 90 million. And even if he got 50 cents per plant, he's, he's you know, a long way He's ahead. laughing, yes. Yeah. And, and that challenge was taken up, yeah. yeah. Plant breeders have got a... In some ways, a big responsibility in, in, in this world, especially with vegetables and fruits. Oh, yes. Yes. Totally. Mm. Yep. Sorry, Craig. That's you're, okay. You're yep. going. So, so, yeah, looking around the garden at what is doing well in this thing, and one of them is Phimosia, which is a Mexican shrub, um, and it's really looking the best it's ever looked in this weather. Okay. Yeah. So it's thriving. Thriving. Yeah, mm. beautiful big leaves. And it's Mulvaceae, so it's a similar sort of flower to hollyhock or that sort of thing. Um, deep pink on the tips, late summer into autumn. And it, it probably needs a big chop in the spring. And how tall will that get? Uh, if you left it alone, it'd probably get to three metres. Mm-hmm. I keep mine at about two, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and fantastic white stems. From from where I'm sitting, it almost looks like it's it's furry. Is it hairy? Yeah, that's, it is stem? quite furry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is a an adaption for heat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 So phimosia is a good one mm. and long flowering. Mm. Yeah. And does it want sun or shade? It's got such a big sun. leaf. It, it, it's a sun plant. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the flowers are closed at the moment, but they'll open up when the sun comes out. And well, there's certainly no sun in this studio. <laughs> we have no idea what's happening outside. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And metapadax, which is another Mexican shrub, um, which is flowering at the moment and looking beautiful in the garden and covered in bees. Mm. Oh, has, really? Yeah, palmate leaves that they almost have, you can't see it in here, but a sort of pewter hue to them. Palmate leaves. What do you mean by deeply palmate? divided like a maple? All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. Uh, a, I, I think the leaf must make the bush look lovely. It's a beautiful plant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And again, it, it's one of those things that responds well to a chop. And those flowers, Greg, on the on the uh, plant itself, they look as though they're closed up. And and no, that do, will say, attract the bees. Like oh yeah, it the is. Bees, the, bee, the bees have been working furiously. Yeah. 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 They don't seem to worry too much about size. It's no. pollen content that they're after. Yes. But, Craig, although the leaf is quite large, um, because it's 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 so divided, you can see through the whole thing, and it gives a very mm-hmm. a very um, light and airy. delicate yeah mm. yeah. And the flowers are lime green, by the way, which really contrasts nicely with the dark foliage. It does. Mm-hmm. So yes. it really stands out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, how tall? Yes. I reckon about three meters. Okay. Again, yeah. That 
Full sun? Full sun or part shade. Part shade. Yeah. Because mm. um, not a lot of your garden's full sun anyway, is not it? Not anymore. No. The trees keep getting bigger. Yeah. Last yeah. time I was there, you were busy chopping bits out of, along the um, along the road fence. I just had two tons removed from my big oak. Wow, two tons? Yeah. Goodness. Mm. Yeah. The, the guys were up there all day, two of them. Right. And mostly with a handsaw. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, it's, they've done a beautiful job on oh, it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and it, it's bifurcated, so it had two trunks. Oh, uh, right. Which is always a bit dodgy it with a big dodgy. tree. So yes. they put a cable in. And, uh, oh, so really? They, so they completely removed one trunk? No, no, they put a cable in between yeah. the two trunks. Oh, right. Yeah, to, so the straight trunk holds up the one with the lean on Solidarity, yep. Yeah. The cable doesn't really... What, what the cable does is that it controls where the tree falls if it does collapse. Okay. So it'll swing it away from the house. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Highly essential. Yeah. <laughs> and how old would that tree be, roughly? I probably planted in the 50s, I suspect. Yes, okay. Mm. It's big. Which yeah. sort of oak is it? Pin oak. Pin oak. Oh, yeah. I love those pin oaks. They're mm. so beautiful. There's two. There's one on my neighbour's place, and in that wind we had a couple of weeks ago, the whole top blew out of it. Oh, the neighbours went onto my garden. Mm. When I say the top of the tree, it's probably 600 mils thick, the trunk. Right. Mm. So it's a huge piece yeah. of wood. Heavens. Right onto my witch hazel. Oh, no. A very old plant. Oh. So it's gone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so dear. I've got a new garden bed to work with now. <laughs> it's just completely flattened. Goodness. Yeah. Mm. And it won't come back? Uh, look, all the Americans and, and Europeans say to me they're easy and they'll shoot back. Yeah, but oh, that's, that's not my experience here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're best left alone in this climate. Because my English experience is it'll shoot back. Yeah. But I haven't grown witch hazel here because yeah, my garden's too hard. Very different climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So would you, would you treat that with maybe with some liquid seaweed or is it too big a job to do that? I was talking to Peter Tease about it. He said lime and dynamic lifter. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. a good load of mulch. Yep. Yeah. Mm. We'll okay. see what happens. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But, you know, witch hazels take a very long time to grow, so... Yes, they're mm. very slow, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I'm not going to see another one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have a go with the lime and the, and the dynamic lifter? I'll give it a bash. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's about a metre high now. Yeah. It was about two and a half metres with about a four or five metre spread. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, oh, that, that is what sad. Yes, yeah. yes. So what's happened to all that wood, uh, both your neighbours and yours? What? Well, mine all got chipped. And, uh, so it's and you've kept sitting it. sitting down the back, of course. Mm. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's hugely valuable. It's oh, full of oak leaf. Yes. yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Mm. And the neighbours kindly said that they would take all the debris from their tree because it's actually my responsibility. So that all went over the fence. So you didn't decide to chip that as well? No, mm. they can have it. <laughs> <laughs> it means you've got to get someone in. in and, yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. there's the cost. Commercial, ch- uh, the, the little chippers that you use at home are... They're useless. useless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're dealing with something that's on that scale. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the garden bed that it squashed is like a small suburban garden. Mm. That's quite a big area. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I decided to take something out that I had to get somebody in for because I, f- I, I was looking underneath this wattle and discovered this lovely tree and I thought, what the hell is this? It turned out to be a walnut tree Oh, and it's gorgeous. So I thought, okay, I'll take this out and I looked at it and I thought, well, it'll either take me and Graham, who I work with in my garden all day or I get the blokes in. So I got wandering trees in and I thought, oh, well, they're coming. I oh, will just get a few other things out. 
by the time they came, I had a pile five foot high and five foot long yeah. of stuff. Um, you know, I took out to a, chame- yeah, a camellia here and, a, yeah. and that there. You know, just took stuff out all over the garden. I did that too before yeah. they came and did the yard. Yes. Huge so pile instead of having a huge boon pile, I got yeah. it all chipped. I was, yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Uh, you are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. If you'd like to join us this morning, we're running through until 9.15, our usual time slot, so you have plenty of time to jump on the phone lines. That number is 94190155, or to speak to Louise on the outside line, 94198377. We should mention, of course, that uh, Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show is coming up. 21st of this month, running through until the 25th of March, so not long to go. No, it'll be good. Mm. I noticed coming past there this morning, they're beginning to set up now. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they usually usually take them a couple of weeks mm. to get mm. uh, to get organised. So uh, people around here are saying, "Oh, that show that closes my park." Mm. <laughs> People in Fitzroy and Carlton <laughs> tend not to be terribly keen on it. It's only for a couple of weeks. Oh, quite. I would really love them to shift it to the Melbourne showgrounds. I would love to see that happen. Why? Uh, venue, trains straight there, parking's brilliant down at Flemington Racecourse. It's parking with a lot, a lot of those things is, is everything, you know. But it's such oh. a harsh environment. Yeah, the exhibition gardens are so beautiful. Oh, mm. they're just lovely to wander yeah, through. That's right. <laughs> and, and some of the display gardens have that borrowed landscape, which that's is right. just gorgeous. Oh, and the old building, of course. Yes. Yeah. Combine the Flower and Garden Show with the pet show and you'll get all the young families there. I couldn't but think of anything worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All those animals. That's what I and say. And children. As an old. Shocking combination. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that. I, I mean, I know a lot of people are critical, but I really like the flower show. I, mm. I think you. I, I just like walking through. I'm always interested in what plants are for sale. Mm-hmm. And I love the gardens. And last year I thought the. The, gar- the student gardens were fabulous. I yeah. really, really like the student mm-hmm. gardens. You can learn a lot from the student gardens. Mm. Um, mm. They're yes. quite exciting. They I, think, I think it's, it's the big feature, particularly yes. of the yeah. Flower and Garden Show. But I'm also really always interested, you know, the bulb people are always there with heaps of bulbs and to go in on a Sunday mm. and get things that they just don't want to take back home is absolutely wonderful. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Tonkin's bulbs going? Um, were Tonkin's there last year? I'm not sure. The mm. I can't remember. Um, the other big ones from around us up in yeah. the hills in the Yarra yeah. Valley, they're always there. Yeah. Oh, well, there you are. There's a tip. Go on the last Sunday. Virginia's got to go on to the specials. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep. Well, I should also add, um, add that on the Friday they're again going to do a, a twilight uh, uh, opening, and so it's going to remain open until 9 o'clock. So oh, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah, so that works well for people who are at work during the week and, um, and they can, can on their way home before they go home, which is mm-hmm. good. And the other thing that they're doing for the first time this year is that they are going to have a welcome garden. Um, this is going to be designed by Philip Withers, who won the Best in Show Award last year at the show. Um, and this is going to be... Um, uh, a full spectrum of green hues, biodiverse habitat, um, and it's going to be somewhere for visitors to relax and recline. Oh, that'll be good. So, um, yes, so they're calling it a welcome garden. I presume, um, if it proves popular, that they maybe will invite a different designer each yeah. year to to design the, the welcome garden. So but when they say welcome garden, that's at the entrance, is it? Or? 
I don't know where it's going to be. Yes, okay. I presume but it has to be somewhere where people first enter into maybe, the gardens. Or, or maybe what its big intention is to give people a nice place to sit because often it's actually difficult to find anywhere to sit. You can sit in the middle where the food is, mm-hmm. but around the classic food times, yeah. it's full. Or maybe it'll be seats. somewhere central by the big fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, no, that'll be good. Yeah. And there, you know, there are... People usually have got new plants there that haven't been released before, and I always find that interesting. And um, you know, know, the the botanic gardens will be in there. Sue's work will be in there. There's all sorts of you know people that'll be there. You'll be there, Pam. I'll be there. We'll all be there. Yes, we'll all be there. Meryl Johnson's going to have her big stall there as usual from Country Farm Perennials, And, and that's they're the sort of things that I like. Those ones that. You can't get access to normally. Yeah, I think I think Meryl was at Ferny Creek this weekend. Yes, she was. Yes, yeah, yeah. so she'll be there today. Absolutely. If people want to head yeah. up well, there. Well, Ferny Creek's well cheaper to go to than Mythicus. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Parking's not such a drama. Yes. And Ferny Creek is is up through that area is absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful spot to go for a drive. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you know, Tourism Australia tell us that that's the big recreational activity going for a drive in your car. Can I don't you know about it? recreational. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, if you come into Melbourne, it's not right. Well, as long as you get out of the car and walk mm. somewhere. <laughs> my, my mum and dad used to go up to the hills on Sundays and force John, my brother, and I to go with them. And mum would call it a gloop, and we'd go for a gloop into, up into the hills. A gloop. A gloop. Yes. A gloop. Yeah, it, it always used to be a Sunday afternoon and drive. She, and she just loved going for it. Virginia, yes. what does a gloop mean? God only knows. <laughs> That's what and, it is. And I remember it from, and I remember those, you know, those those roads where you'd go up and there'd be a really sharp, um, mm-hmm. almost V. And there's one mm. near you, and and I also remember there being. Um, uh, everywhere there'd be apple trees and, and those sort of trees mm. were, which are not there now. No, that's right. <laughs> My parents used to always, um, every year um, at apple harvest time, we would take um, a car and go for a drive out to Doncaster, Temple Stowe, to pick up a case of apples. Now, all of that is... You know, so yeah. gone and it's been so gone, gone for so long. Yeah. Yes, but that used to be a big highlight to go and get a case of apples. Mm-hmm. Yes, we used to do that. Mm. And they're just not there now. No. It's it's really... I mean, do you remember that, Craig? Oh, you yeah, of course. Here, well, I was in New Zealand, but we, we yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then we'd sit down at the kitchen table and, and preserve them all. Yes, yes. The whole exactly. family yes. peel them. And, the yeah. old fowler's bottling mm. uh, <laughs> would come out and... Yes, no, fantastic. Right. Virginia, do you grow salvia apiana? I love apiana. It's it's a wonderful salvia, um, and not that easy to propagate in my experience. Ah, because um, you don't see it around that much. No, I, think I got quite a few cuttings to strike this year. Oh, goody, I'll come and get yeah, one. Yeah, they're, they're just little at the moment, so another few weeks. Um, but it's one of the best silver foliage salvias. Mm. Gets to about probably 1.5 metres, mm. white flowers, and incredible for bees. And it's another one that will survive at this time of year. Yeah, it comes from southwestern United States. Mm. So, mm. yeah. It, looking at it, folks, uh, on the radio here, uh, what Craig's got uh, with the leaf, it's a really good contrasting colour. It's a good silver. Yeah, yeah. it's a very yeah, it's good a silver, silver colour. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 
But the other thing I'm impressed with, it's on very sturdy stems. It's a stout shrub. Yeah. It's good because so many of my salvias, the stems are so brittle Floppy. and vulnerable. Yeah. Particularly it's, to a big wind. You walk uh. past, but you can they snap so yeah, easily. Right. And do you yeah. hedge yours or, or trim them back at all? Oh, I cut them back after flowering, yes. About, about, but, but about how, much, still how much do you cut them back? Oh, about a third. Yeah. Somebody's just asked from the outside line, somebody called Priscilla. She's pruned her timboon very heavily and is worried that it won't come back. What's timboon's parent? Did she know it? Or? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think. It's, um, but I've pruned my timboon heavily. I think what she will have done, though, is lose... The f- next lot of flowers. Yeah. Oh, you, they flower is, on new tips. Mm. So by what pruning them, you what encourage is Tim more Boone? flowering. It's a salvia. It's a salvia. It's a, it's a salvia with a no, very rich purple. No, they make good cheese down in, in, in Western. <laughs> so, so that's where, that's, that's where like, it comes it? from. That's where it was bred. It's oh, right. it's one of those um, big, quite big leafed ones. Yes. A lot of long, slender. Yes. Leaf. Yeah, so that, that becomes quite large and flowers quite late. So, so, so it's native, native to that area. It was, it was no, no, it was bred, no, there. It was bred there. Bred there. We've got. Okay. I mean, there's a Gruyere pink which mm. um, turned up in Came Meg's garden Gruyere. because because um, salvias are quite promiscuous. Mm-hmm. You can find that you get a really nice you one. Mean the, you mean they're politicians? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it we won't, won't go there. You, you won't have killed it. No, there's no way. No, you don't kill a salvia by pruning it. No, I think mm. I'm sure it'll come really? back. I've pruned yeah. my hard. Look I mean, it. some of them, I find some of them, like Wendy's Wish, if you prune them hard, they they get miserable. I've, I've found that to be quite short-lived anyway. Yes, I find, well, I, with Wendy's Wish, I find it's better to have it for a few years. Do than, some cuttings. Then prop it on rather yeah. than to try and prune it in, because it just gets... Mm. Anyway, but anyway, my Wendy's Wishes at the moment are saying... This is too hot, even though they were bred in Australia and further north. But the big shrubby ones that I grow, which sound similar to Timboon, I mean, I cut them to the ground in the spring. Mm. Yeah. So that you get nice fresh growth. Yes. And then I'd probably do them again, cut them back again in December. Right. Yeah. You can't do that with all, all salvias, yes. though, can yeah, you? Yeah, and then they okay. get they're a bit more stout then. There's yes. some you yeah. can't, but most that you soft can. spring growth. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and I mean, the other thing with salvias is to give them the Chelsea chop. You know, yeah. decide that you really want the flowering to come at a certain stage, and so give them a chop so that yeah. they'll flower then, because most of them, so many of them, flower for so long. Mm. Except this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit more about the flowers on that one, Craig. The flowers, they hold right above the foliage. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So the, the flowering stems would be probably a metre higher than the foliage. Wow. Yeah. And pure white. Oh. Yeah. Stunning with the grey yeah. leaf. Yeah. And you have a South African plant with a much thinner but pale grey leaf that you have sold me. I can't yeah. think of the name. It has white flowers that go to fluff when they go into seed. Yeah. And it is looking fantastic at it the moment. It would be loving the hot weather. Yes, yeah. I can't remember yeah. its name. Um, you can't Ariocephalus, I think. That's it. Africanus. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it's it's a, a great plant. It is a fabulous plant. It's I've one of those things which looks scruffy at point of sale. Yes, but yeah. it's wonderful in the garden. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful in the garden. And I love those um, those 
silvery leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Salvia rapiana is one to look out for, I think. And, it, it, and the other one I like is It's not that bees, difficult, easy to find. Salvia bees bliss. Don't know bees bliss. Oh, it's bees lovely. sounds very fashionable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, Craig, how big does Apiana get? Um, 1.8. 1.8, yeah. Yep. So okay. it's not huge. No, no, and no. And quite woody. It's, yes. Yeah. No, that really appeals to me, the yeah. fact that it's, it's so much sturdier. And I think it's, it's one that was important to Native Americans for their smoke ceremonies. Oh, yes, of course. So that's really? the sage they use. I think so. Right. Yeah, I think it's Apiana. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And another one you've got that's got that same coloured leaf is a Budlia. Oh, Budlia Crisp is fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. It mm. doesn't mind this weather at all. It's looking good, is it? Looking fabulous. Yeah. I've seen those smoke ceremonies being used in, in some med- meditation classes. Yeah. Even around um, Kilmore. But I bet they don't use this. Why is that? Because they wouldn't be able to find it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I saw all the people in the class who sort of yeah. get glassy-eyed, I can tell you that, with the smoke ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Budlia crisper is completely different to the other Budlias, the David Eye hybrids. Mm. Quite big foliage, silver, and it's deciduous and it flowers on bare wood in spring. It is, and it's, Pink. and those leaves are just beautiful. Really but, vibrant silver. Yeah. Yeah. Very silver and quite a big leaf. You know how most budleys have got a really thin leaf, yes. long and thin. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And but this is a much rounder leaf. Budlier crisper, you would grow more for the foliage than the flowers. Flower, yeah. yeah. And if okay. you know, notice many bu- butterflies around your budleys this year. Oh, oh I've had heaps. Yeah. Yes, they just constantly. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's been a good year for butterflies. Mm-hmm. I always think budlia should be treated as a perennial and cut to the ground in spring. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think well, some of my budlias are looking terrible at the moment. Absolutely terrible. So that Just would be a, yeah, that would be a good solution. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How far from the ground? Oh. About 15, in the old language. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Okay. And then they throw out those great big canes, mm. and, and then mm. you fl- they flower more like a perennial than, than a shrub. Mm. Yeah, and then as soon as the flowers start looking a bit tatty, tatty, you do it again. Yeah, they grow like the clappers, don't they? They certainly do. Oh yeah. yes. I've got one in, in in my chook pen, which has got shade mesh across the top of it, and I've got to keep whacking at it all the time. Yeah, mm. it just grows so quick. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's go to our next caller. We have Fermi online. Good morning, Fermi. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, team. Good morning, morning Fernie. I'm surprised you're not already up at Fernie Creek, Fernie. We, we went yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're uh, forgiven. Uh, we went yesterday and we could, uh, there was such a, there's so many people there. Oh, we, fabulous. We, we parked outside. Really? <laughs> and you know how big the garden yes. is there and the amount of parking there. Apparently, oh, that's great. Country Farm did a bit of a promo on their website. or. Oh, they did. Yes, I saw that. And uh, they got a good response. That's wonderful. So, unfortunately, we weren't there for very long, so we didn't get to take it all in. But right. But there's such a huge number of uh, uh, people there. There was um, uh, Peter Teeth's Yamina Rare Plants was there. Right. Um, Atella Capitani with his uh, succulents. Okay. And um, very, uh, various members of Ferny Creek. And the Ferny Creek um, had their own little plant stall, of course, with selling uh, a huge number of uh, um, hard-to-get sort of things. Mm. Now, Jane and Shirley Tonkin weren't there right. because they're gearing up for Mifkus. Yes, oh, they good. are going to be at okay. Mifkus. Oh, good. Because yeah. uh, we went, we dropped in there first. That's half the reason we didn't have much time. <laughs> so there will be some good bulbs to be had at Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Jane, Jane was uh, 
furiously digging bulbs and things, and yeah. uh, I'd been after some Lycoris squamagera, which is um, one of the... Um, well, it's a very popular bulb in America because they call it the hardy amaryllis. Right, okay. Because it looks for all the world like a belladonna lily. Yes. But it's, uh, it's hardier for them than belladonnas are. Right. So we think of belladonnas as, you know, that's the weed that comes yes, up yes, everywhere. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, whereas, uh, whereas uh, you hardly see it in America. You're only going to grow it on the West Coast, really. Right. And even in California, in, wouldn't it? In California, it's yeah. big, big business there. Yeah. The Lycoris have got some lovely colours, too. Lycoris are great. And unfortunately, I don't think we, we've got all of the species in Australia. But um, I know, I always associate... Um, Aurea with Miscus, because I remember one year I went and uh, there was a huge, they must have picked every Lycoris Aurea in the state, because there was a huge display of it in one of the... Oh, the, how lovely. The, yeah, and it, it, it's such a vibrant uh, yellow. It, it really is the golden, uh, the golden Lycoris, but they insist on calling it the golden Noreen. Yes, <laughs> because yes. of course most people know what a marine now. is. Yes, <laughs> they don't know what like chorus. Is, I must so. admit the the Tonkin stall is one that I wouldn't think of waiting till Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. because well, all the good stuff will go. Yeah, no, you've uh, they and of course we went to their actual nursery, which is down this little. It's extraordinary, track. isn't it? You, <laughs> you get completely lost in the forest. And do not follow Google. Google will take you down a walking track to get there. Yes. Ah. So it's, it's open at the moment as a firm? It's open on, uh, sat- um, I think, at least Saturday and Sunday. Okay, because someone uh, was asking me yesterday and I yeah. wasn't oh, okay. sure. Yeah. If you um, go onto the website, it tells you, I think, but I'm pretty sure it's open till, uh, it's like, Nine or ten till four or something like that. Okay, yeah. and yeah. it is easy to get to from Craig's because you can just go the back way straight oh, yeah. down the hill. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but if you if you look it up on Google, Google will take you in through one of the roads. If you're coming up the mountain, it'll take you down one of the side roads before Olinda Creek Road, yes. and then try and link you through one of the walking tracks. Yeah. Because we made the mistake having never been there before. The first time we went there. We went down one of the side roads, and then we were driving down this thing, and I thought, this is no wider than a driveway. There was no way to to, to, um, to uh, pass or anything like yeah. that. And fortunately, before we got to the walking track, we um, realized that um, here's a driveway. We can turn around here and go back. Yes. And, um, yeah, so don't bother listening I to Google. I find that often with, with both my sat-nav and with Google. Yeah. Uh, I, I am very fond of looking at... A map and before learning. I go somewhere. Yeah, yes. Well, you can go on a map and, and you know, but you just, it does seem to take a long time because we were driving down, you know, and you really can't do more than about 30 k's on, on that road. It's it is an road. extraordinary place, that but nursery. It is in the middle of the forest. It's yeah. not that it's oh, the bush, it it's the forest. It's we, just we, extraordinary. We went with a friend from Macedon and she was just ooing and ahhing about the trees and the, the mm. beauty of it. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful spot. So. Fermi, can I ask you, do they have any daffodils um, at all? Yes, they That's had cool. some daffodils there. I can't remember. Um, They'd be odd ones. I think, ones, I think they would have had or things or like cyclamenius and things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, but, okay. But, yeah, um, yeah I, they, they, I don't remember seeing a huge range of daffodils there. They, it's a... Uh, you, if you want that, you can go to the the Ferny Creek show because there's uh, the Ferny Creek uh, plant sale is mm-hmm. has 
there, there was a lot of bulb sellers and things there. And, uh, Fab. And, uh, you know, the things that weren't plants were garden-related. Right. So you right. don't have people selling, you know, dish cloths and, and um, yes. feather dusters like yes. you do at, at Miskus. At Miskus, yes. yes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sorry, I'm very uh, disparaging of Miskus sometimes because I really see it as a big money opportunity. <laughs> but the, I know that a lot of the, the nurseries uh, see it as one of their big opportunities to mm. reach a huge number of people. And it yeah. is, a, I mean, we, when we were in New Zealand one time, there were people there pre- planning their big trip to Melbourne to be there for Miscus. So, it, you know, it, it brings it, people in from interstate for yeah, I mean, I get oh, yeah. quite a few people who come into the nursery every year yeah. yes. from yeah. South Australia or New South Wales that have come down yeah. for Miscus and then they go for a drive. Yeah, to, and to, that, that's, to, you know, that's a good thing. It is a big money spinner yeah. and it is a, and it's a good, great thing for the state. Yeah. Oh, and, sure. uh, but I, I agree with Graham. I wish that they'd move it to somewhere like the showgrounds or Caulfield or something mm-hmm. like that because um, I, I find it impossible to park there and you really do have to try and get in there by public transport. And mm. um, But, um, yeah. Um, okay. But Ferny Creek was great. And, Terrific. Uh, even though, I, like I said, we parked outside, but there was there is a huge amount of parking on site and, yep. uh, and it's free. You don't have to pay for it. But yep. you were there Saturday morning. No, we were there Saturday lunchtime, and okay. it was uh, yeah, it was very busy. But um, yeah, they, they usually are at those in yeah. the morning on a Saturday because that's that's yeah. when all the collectors go to to scoop yeah. up the good stuff. Yes, but there, there, it was. Um, I, I was just really knocked up, by, and you know they have the there was a botanical artist there, and uh, um, I think the Salvia group was there. And, yeah, the Salvia group's always yeah. there, and they do have some wonderful things that you won't see elsewhere. Yeah. And and. You'll be very glad, and Sue will be very glad to know, yes, they have the Ferny Creek sausages all going. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. But it, it's uh, really well, well worth a trip up to. The, and for to me, the thing, the thing about the Tonkins nurseries, that's the only place, for example, I know you can get the foxtail lily. They do just have some really unusual oh, yeah. bugs. Look, Brian Tonkin, when he started the nursery uh, so many decades ago, uh, it was just a phenomenal thing. It was, uh, he had things, I, I grew up, one of the first, books my dad got was um, Prescott, Pescott's um, oh, yes. Australian Bulbs, or Bulbs for Australian Gardens, yeah. and that is still worthwhile getting if anybody sees it, and my aim was to get... Is that the same Pescott who became director of the Botanic yes, Gardens? Yeah, he wrote it after he was director. Mm. Okay. And um, he, uh, my, my aim as a, a teenager was to try and get something from every page on that uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Tonkin's was about the only place that had things like uh, Sandersonia yeah. and Latonia and yeah. Gloriosa, and they still have those plants. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of those things are really worthwhile. But the other thing is if you go to the nursery, and they'll probably have the miscus as well, is they'll have, uh, they've got plotted, plotted, potted plants like uh, epimediums and things like that. Mm. So it's, it's really worthwhile going there. If you, if you can't get to miscus, um, then get up to, uh, I think they'll be at the Tesla sale as well, but I'm not okay. sure about yeah. that one. Yep. But uh, if you can't get up there <coughs> to Mifkis or you don't want to bother with the crowds, go for a nice drive in the Dandenongs and go up and see Craig and then go up to, over and see Shirley and Jane. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Fermi. You're, you're welcome. You're going to have to talk uh, very nicely to Meryl to get her to do a big promotion <laughs> next year. <laughs> 
Oh, look, I think uh, she's uh, she's done a lot for Penny Creek. She was she was one of the people who first came to this plant expo, which is in March. Grew out of the Rock Garden Group's um, uh, bulb sale, which we used to have in February. Right. And Meryl was one of the people who came to that and set up this huge number of plants. And we sort of like, it's the it's the Rock Garden Group. It's like we'll get two dozen people here, you know. But uh, it, after that, they um, the the Fernie Creek. Um, uh, executive decided, no, it, we can't really run in February. We really need to do it in March. We need to make it a two-day event, and mm. and that's what, where it grew out of. Yeah, so. very sensible. Uh, Great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See Thanks you later. for all of Good that. Bye. Bye. And moving on, we'll go to Darlene out in Druin country. Good morning, Darlene. Hi. Um, I rang a while ago um, about my lime tree and um, to try and get it out it was dying and everything and I never got round to it because it was so hard to do it was full of yeah just very hard to move but now it's come back fabulous it's like I, the I, heat yes yeah, yeah. It, I can't believe it I've got all this green stuff around it yeah. excellent so will I cut the dead stuff I had cut it back yes. so I should cut it back more yes yeah. You take the dead wood right out of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do I feed it with? Oh, good Little organic, knot. you I would, know. A ton of dynamic lifter. Yes. Think about right. how much you think it might need and then double it. <laughs> <laughs> they also, and, yes, and put it under like, the mulch. Citrus-like chicken manure too. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I've got some of that. I've had yeah. chickens. Mm. Um, if things are dying, I've had a hakea die and other things and I've just had to pull them out. And I've now noticed I, I was listening to your program. I thought, I've got to go and water because I hadn't done the backyard. And I've got um, one that split, you know, when we had that um, wind. Yeah. And I never realised. I thought, oh, it's a bit funny. And I looked at it this morning, split right down nearly to the base right and it's a um native sort of um a, a waffle type one mm. so yep. it'll just have to come out yep yes yeah, so i'd rip it straight out yep get rid of it and put something else in yep okay yep. i don't need to put anything else in because everything goes wild okay yeah. it just see yeah. i wouldn't do that i'd cut it off and see if it came back not a waffle Probably they're, won't, will it? They're no. short-lived anyway, yeah, and if it's yeah. split right down the middle, I'd rip it It's right down the middle. Yeah. It was beautiful, and um, yes, all right, I shall take it out. Yeah. I mean, if it was a clistamen, I'd say definitely. Mm. Yeah, cut, cut but, it not back, but not a wattle. No. no. All right, then. Thank yeah. you very much for your... I love your program. Oh, I think good. it's great. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Craig, we've got an opportunity to talk about something else you've brought in. Yeah, tub plants. I don't know... But increasingly Goodness I get me. people looking. This is the smallest leaf I could find on it. Potophyllum <laughs> <laughs> spotty dotty. Spotty dotty. It's twice the size of my hand. Oh, no, maybe one and a half the size of my hand. But that's a little, that little tiny leaf. Mm. The rest of them are this size. And it's just, it makes the most fantastic tub plant. And I mm. wouldn't really have thought it. Yeah. And it's a pixie's umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> Kids would love that plant. And it, it's a perennial, so it goes down in the winter. And, okay. and when it comes up, the markings are really pronounced yes. on the leaves and just keep getting better each year. Wow. Yeah. It has um, burgundy flowers that hang under the leaves. I've got it in a great big tub. I thought well, I'd put it in a tub and just uh, grow it on for the nursery because mm. it makes them easier to divide. Okay. It's the sort of thing you'd end up putting in a wine barrel tub. 
you could easily you could make a huge clump of it. Mm. Yeah, in shade. Yes. Yeah, it's a shade plant, obviously, okay. with those big soft leaves. Oh yes. But if people are interested in having something really interesting on their balcony or you know in a shady spot, spotty dotty is definitely the that, one. And you you see it in in, a, in 14 centimetre pots in the nursery, and the leaves are probably smaller than this. Mm. And you don't really realise what you're going to what get. You're going the to get. potential of it. <laughs> because yeah. to say that it's a dinner plate is too small for the big leaves, isn't it? Oh, they're enormous. Mm. Yeah, and and heavily marked um, with brown brown markings. And the irony is the Spots. texture of the texture of the leaf. When I first saw it in your tray, and I didn't see the full shape of it, I thought, "What's he doing, bringing in silver beet or charred leaf?" <laughs> yeah, you look like you could <laughs> eat it. Yeah. But, you know, I've never had an issue with snails on it. I mean, it looks like the sort of thing they'd love. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm always looking out for things that make good tub plants, and it always surprises me. And, and it's actually quite hard to find Spotty Dotty. Well, yeah, well, you do, I think the increase is by division, unless somebody's doing it um, by tissue culture. Culture, right. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's this long, slow job. But yeah, yeah, you could get it at Craig's. Remember, listeners, Spotty Dotty. Yeah, <laughs> Podophyllum. No, remember Spotty Dotty. Yeah. <laughs> I always say podophyllum. Oh. I'm obviously wrong, I'm sure. Yeah. But that's how you no, write it. Not necessarily wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, that's interesting that the snails don't like it because I've been trying to grow Cleanthus, which of course is something from your background. Yeah. Oh, God, I have trouble with it because of the snails. Yeah. It's, I love it. I think it's it's the parrot beak. It's a really beautiful mm. plant. They mm. crawl up it. Yes, they quite shocking. some considerable distance. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I tried it and I gave up. And Spotty Dotty has what colour flower? Burgundy, and they hang on. They come out from the leaf stems and hang down under the foliage. Oh, how right? gorgeous! Big clusters. So yes. it's one of those things where you have to get down and have a look. Yes. It's not going to hit you in the face. Or have, okay. it, have it on the table. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you had it in a tub, it'd sort of come over the edge of the tub. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it gets really big. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got it in a black plastic pot, and you can't see the pot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, if you want to hide your pots, they look terrible. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. We're running through until 9.15, so if you do want to ask a gardening question this morning, now's the time to jump on the phones. That number is 94190155, or to speak to Louise on the outside line, Nine four one nine eight three double seven. What have you got there, Graham? Pam, I, I thought I'd mention to people about um, Tesla's Kabloom. Kabloom, um, and this is the Rare Plants Expo that's been extended. I was up there last week, and they've really extended um, their plantings out into their into their big long um, uh, paddocks down the back. Is yes, it? Yes, down the back, yeah. and acres of of colour. It's a really refreshing sight to see. Okay. And um, uh, heaps and heaps and heaps of colour. So that's um, that's the, the rare plants, of course, is on, on the Saturday and the Sunday, the 14th and 15th of April. Okay. And there, there are stalls there. There'll be over 40 stalls there with, with rare plants. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can sit down and have some fantastic Dutch um, panacooks. You have panacooks? Uh, like, you know, what do we say in Australia? What do we call them? Pancakes. Pancakes. Little yeah. pancakes. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, smattered with cream and ice cream. Really beautiful stuff. Gorgeous music being, being played. And um, the um, stall holders there that are really, 
really um, knowledgeable about what they're they're selling and what they're what they're promoting, and of course there's going to be talks as well. And Stephen will be the the MC, MC no, again mm. for the talks. Yeah. Yes. Mm. What's this I, peaches and cream I expect, I expect with the promotion, expect with the promotion there'll be a lot of people there. I suggest you get there early, folks. Yeah. I really definitely. do. It's yeah. a good plan fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a good one. So an early start. It actually starts at ten. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Now, you've got, had a query from, from the outside, the outside line. Outside line. Um, the first one, which I abs- don't know the answer to, is taking cuttings of dragon fruit and fig, and how do you propagate these? Now, fig's not difficult, but dragon fruit, I have no idea. I don't know about dragon fruit, but figs would sem- be semi-hardwood, wouldn't it? Yes, mm. yes. So, early well, summer. Graham Morrison was in on the show last week. I listened. And, and he's, although he's got a dragon fruit plant... Um, he's never managed to get his to fruit, and um, so yes, I don't know. But he didn't mention anything about. Um, I, I don't know if, if you could use a leaf. Would they Would they grow I from have, a leaf? I have absolutely no idea. I've never grown dragon fruit. Okay. So we might have because to it is a cactus. Yes. So we might have to put it to next week's show. Yes, well, we'll, so do, it, we'll do our research and so we'll Elizabeth, talk about we'll, it next we'll week. We'll bring it up next week, but the fig is not difficult. Um, you do take, you, it will just, you know, you take a cutting, put it in, take a few cuttings, put them in, you'll probably find all of them all. Okay. Yeah, ficus are very easy yes. for yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, they, they like it. Dragon fruit, too hard. No, no, dragon fruit we'll next talk week. about next yeah. week. Yeah. Le- leaf cutting sounds feasible if it's a succulent or a cactus. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm thinking leaf cutting. Yeah. Yeah, and, but I'll check on it. And figs are really very nutritious. Really, they have a huge range of minerals and, and um, all sorts of really goodies, mm. good stuff. And the other thing about you know, fig is the only plant that has the flower, the flower on, the, on inside. the inside of the fruit. Yes. Mm. And each fig has its own wasp mm-hmm. which oh. burrows into the fruit and, and, and does fertilise the fertilises yeah. it. And for years and years and years they've been growing the great big Morton Bay fig in New Zealand, always by vegetatively taking cuttings and growing it on. And that you know, this has been going on for fifty years or something. Yeah. The wasp has now arrived in New Zealand. So can you imagine in another 20 years the whinging about the Morton Bay fig as a weed? Or <laughs> it will be. It will be, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, one, assumes, one assumes it's just come over on the wind. Yeah. Mm. So that's sort of quite interesting, I think. No, the, mm. A fig is a very interesting tree, very interesting plant, and they've discovered new figs out in the desert here mm. that have never been... Named by scientists before, including okay. one tiny, tiny, tiny little one. Mm-hmm. So they keep discovering new figs. We've yes. got an awful lot of figs in Australia. Not the eating fig. That's not an Australian plant, and I'm sure that's what Elizabeth wants to how propagate. That's what she's wanting. How to are they considered in, in in drought in dry in dry times? Well, some of them. I mean, they well, depend very on the species. Yeah, they're very it's a big varied. genus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you've got you know the Morton Bay fig, the Jackson Bay fig. Well, they all come from quite tropical. Mm. and therefore quite wet areas, mm. whereas this little one that was discovered in the desert in the 90s, um, it's in the desert. It must like it dry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the, these ones, the ordinary fig that we eat, mm. they're pretty... I mean, you need to keep the water up, but you don't mm. need to keep the water up massively. They're pretty good Tough. over the summer, mm. yes. But they fruit on new wood, which means you can keep them compact. Yes. yes. You don't need to take up a lot of space. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. 
And then the other thing she asks is when to prune peaches and cream, grevilleas. So that's, those are the grevilleas that have got the, the rosemary, like the thin leaves. Yeah. Mm. I would say when it gets leggy. Yes, because yeah. they do get very leggy. Yeah. Yes, I if mean, they would, just let would go. Would that be just after flowering? Yes, mm-hmm. always, I think, prune things. No, they, 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 but they, they flower, flower in flower. Yes, they yeah. never add a yeah. flower. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm far from a native expert, but I would say when it needs a prune, you prune yes, it. Yes, I'd just chop it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I've yeah. had to prune mine just because I can't get down the path because it's got so big. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and, and in the act of doing it, which I think I did about five months ago, it's just it's come back beautifully mm. because it's much, so much more compact. It's, it's just bushier. Yes. And I've got some other ones, aren't peaches and cream, but are first cousins, which I haven't pruned, and they've got to about 10 foot up and wide. Mm. So but if then, you d- then you get the issue with splitting, like the, the That's right. that we just had. I think yes. it's better to give them a big chop I, every now and then. I yeah. think it is, yes. Yeah. And as they, and as then, it is with probably most natives. Give them a prune yeah, back. Exactly. Give them a prune back. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. except for trees, there's not many things you don't want to prune, really, is no. there? My I friend Shirley Kahn, she's, she prunes them when she, after she's bought them, before she plants them, mm. the natives. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And she has got one of the best native gardens I have seen anywhere. Yeah, she's a great collector. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. One of the advantages of, of, of working with a windbreak, um, um, our arboriculturist friends, the Kenyans in, in Kilmore, say get into the windbreak about uh, in, in the third year and just trim it back. And we did a windbreak for our local chemist on the side of Petey Sally. Now you can imagine the wind yes. that comes down there. And we put them uh, four and five deep. What did you plant? Oh, a whole variety of different natives that are na- native to the area. And then we just go through with a, s- a small chainsaw and whip the ones out that are not doing well. Yeah. And uh, that was Phil Kenyon, who has uh, taught in arboriculture for years, said that's what happens in nature anyway. Mm. Things thin themselves out. But put them five deep. Yeah. Well, because um, the other thing is people put, you know, really thick um, pine trees of some mm-hmm. sort mm. and and all that does is drive the wind up over and on yeah. at a really vicious that's right. speed. Yeah. That's right. You, you need you need things it. yes, you want filter to filter the wind, the wind not yeah. try and stop the wind. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Okay. Graham, I believe that you're going to be um taking orders um pretty soon for bare rooted roses yes. for winter time. Yes, definitely. It's ordering time in about a week. Okay. Yes, for bare rooted roses of course they're always cheaper. And then you'll get a, a, a real good uh, variety of what's available. Because this year, my guesstimate is there's probably been another 20-odd, 30-odd new roses that have come on the market. Mm. And people can see them on the, on the net as, as in flower. Mm. Okay. Gosh, they keep bringing out roses. I mean, I don't know how you keep up with no, them all. it's a challenge. But it's this a challenge. It's a great thing because we can go through the list and say, nah, that one's out, that one's out, it's not performing. So we, we're getting to this this breeding time of having really good uh, black spot resistant roses and tough roses. And, of course, the flower carpets set the standard. And there's seven in the series of flower carpet, and they really set the standard for, mm. for healthy roses. And is, is your site Silky Gardens... Silky Gardens. At bigpond.com or www. Yes. Uh, no, it's wait on, it's Roses Online. Rosesonline.com.au. Roses yes. That's right. Right. Roses Online. You're right, Virginia. Mm. This Rose- is why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Rosesonline.com.au. Yes. So yes. you'll find that list there. Mm. But it, one of the problems with so many new roses coming is that some really excellent old roses have the 
tendency to disappear. Mm. That's true, which I think, I mean, well, this, of course, is why we've got things like Plant Trust that wants to conserve garden plants Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to lose sight of them. Mm. There's a number of gardens and, and growers in South Australia that are still keeping up the old fashions. Yes, that's in, important. In, in their gardens. And, and, of course, we've got the incentive of the World Rose Conference coming in four years' time. Coming here? Yeah, coming here to Adelaide. Or oh, coming wow. to Adelaide. And, um, of course, that is where the, you've got... We'll have thousands of people from overseas coming to that conference. And that's part of all the garden visits that are going to take place over a week. Oh, that'll be brilliant. So it'll be, mm. it'll real, be, a, be a, a fantastic um, uh, event. Okay, well, we've got our very good friend, uh, Graham Morrison, has rung in to talk about dragon fruit. Thank you, Graham. Good morning. Good, good on you, Pam. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, they, they made me feel a little bit guilty this morning. Since I've been retired, my piece of luxury in life is to lay in, lay, lay in bed and listen to 3CR every Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm uh, feeling a little bit guilty because like every, every garden, my garden is quite quite uh, dry and the trees are getting a bit bigger and they're re- requiring more water, you know. So yes. Like Pam, the, the, the dragon fruit, the can, 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 like you said, in cactus things, they come in big segments. I suppose you can talk it's a leaf that's quite a thick you know ju- 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 juicy uh, segment uh, I guess about uh, a, a foot long and nine inches of, of, of a foot long yep. and, uh, and, and 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 the pieces are about an inch, inch wide but they that they strike quite readily you just take one of those segments out you've got to uh, you know the, the, the top looks about the same as the bottom that sort of thing so you've got to make sure you've got the, the, the right way up Yes. But uh, you pop, pop it in the ground and they, 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 they root, like you were saying, a uh, cactus, they root quite readily. Oh, terrific. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Graham. Good on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was easily resolved. Mm. It was, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, I do love our listeners when they can that's phone right. straight in and give yeah. us the answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I, I had the feeling because it is a cactus that uh, that would be the case. But, yeah. Um, there we go. We've you got the definitive know, answer now. The vagaries of plants. I know. There's yeah. always the exception to the That's rule, right. isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> have we covered everything in your tray? I think we have, right? yeah. It's pretty slim pickings today. Well, that's understandable at this yeah. time of the year. When I walked around the garden, I thought, what am I going to take in tomorrow? There wasn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Um, we don't have all that long left to go anyway. Um, um, there's one thing I'd like to yes, mention, if I sure. could. The last uh, walk I did at the Botanic Gardens was absolutely fabulous because a whole lot of, uh, well, no, about five people from 3CR came. Terrific. And it just made it. We all went and had coffee afterwards and it was absolutely delightful. Good. So I'm going to mention my next two walks because if I can pick up all these wonderful people, it's fun. So I'm doing one on March the 20th at 2 p.m. and one on April the 2nd at 2 p.m. So if any of you fancy coming, it's good fun. Uh, one of the women that came last time has got a garden in Surrey Hills, which the Australian Garden History Association helps All right. look after. Right. You know, I mean, there's so, so many of our listeners are so interesting. Yes. Yeah. So do come on a walk at the Botanic Gardens if you've got time. And I, there, every day there is somebody who will do a walk at half past ten in the morning and at two o'clock in the afternoon. 
and it's really worth going with one of the guides, I think. Both the women who are on the lines at the moment, on the outside lines, they take walks and they do really brilliant walks. But if anyone wants to come with me, it's March the 20th at 2pm or April the 2nd at 2pm. Virginia, do you know what's happening with the National Rhododendron Gardens in Alinda? I know it's being turned into a botanic garden. Yep. I know that the um, it's going to be run by the department. By the botanic gardens. No, by the department still. It's going. They're changing. So it's Parks Victoria. Still. Parks Victoria. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I know that they are very much focusing because they've on on the rare plant aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and they're getting a chunk of land from the golf course. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. which will be exciting. Yeah. So it sounds to me like, and I know the botanic gardens in Melbourne, which I will talk about next time I'm on, are doing this extraordinary strategy plan for 2090. And I know some of our plants are considered they're not going to be able to survive in Melbourne, and they will probably they are already starting to go up to the botanical. Moving them to Alinda. To Alinda yes. because yeah. okay. because we've got a very rare Chinese collection. Some of it we've got the only plants in Australia. Right. So it's really important that they be both they propagated be preserved. and preserved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's bordering on the Dick Hamer um, Gardens as well, isn't it? Yes. And I understood the Dick Hamer Garden was designed around fire-retardant native plants. Well, there's the Arboretum's exotics. Sorry? The Arboretum's exotics, the Hamer mm. Arboretum. Mm. Yeah, it's blocks of trees. Mm. And it's, it's really weird. Like they've got, my favourite tree in the Botanic Gardens was the Mexican pine, Pinus patula. Pinus patula, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. They've planted it in the, in the Arboretum, and it's As a hideous. Yeah, but they put them too close together, too so close you don't get the form. No, horrible. There's really a beautiful survival. one at Periander, just down the yes, road from me. Yes. Yeah. Now, Graham, you've got something you want to mention there too. Uh, Pam, I, w- I will mention Slasher, the organic weed killer. Uh, um, I've heard of it. Have you this? used it? Made from natural plant oils. Mate, use it and you'll know you've used it. It's real quick. Works really well. Okay. It's not systemic, okay? Yes. Not systemic. Right. Um, Fast acting. Um, no lasting residue in the soil. And this uh, Slasher product won an award for its... It's eco um, abilities, and it also um, it's approved for organic farms and gardens. So we've been getting feedback from people that it, that it's working well, and it's made from natural plant oils. Okay. Okay. Must have pine in it. Um, you would think so. Mm. Yes. I don't think it has actually. Really? Okay. No, it mm. was actually the history of it. It was it was a chance happening from. Uh, Leyland Mintoner, who started Organic Crop Protectants, and his neighbour was using it in his driveways, and it was a, a cleaning product. Ah. And he said to his neighbour, that stuff seems pretty good. It'll work on the weeds. And then Leyland got to and developed it. And it kills the deep-rooted weeds, does it? Mm, well, it's not systemic on the roots. Because no. I've, I've tried some of those recipes that you get. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I find that they're okay for shallow-rooted things, mm. but you get anything with They the tend root. to knock the leaves. They knock mm. the leaves off. But, but that's it. That's yes. right, yeah. Yes. Mm. If you want to be systemic, you know, glyphosate works. The right problem with glyphosate, it's just been used so extensively yes. in cropping areas, and, and then you've got a huge resistance that's built up against it. Yeah. And now they're doing a lot of alternating with herbicides and not using, um, you know, things like that based on glyphosate. Mm. Oh, we have to. We have to a, cut it out. A herbicide program is best planned from one year to the next year. Well, one the of the things year. they started doing with glyphosate was putting it on the wheat crop just before they harvested mm. it, which mm. is hideous because mm. it means... You're eating it. You're eating mm. it, yep. yes. Mm. Exactly. 
Um, we have run out of time for yet another week, I'm afraid. Okay. So um, a huge thank you to the team on air and also to both Carol and Louise who've been handling all the calls. But uh, we will, of course, be back again next week at 7.30. So until then, bye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.